Film Fanatics. From the silver screen to your earphones. With Alan Azulay and Gal Balaban. Welcome back to Film Fanatics. Where we talk about the movies that have us obsessed, excited, and inspired. I'm Gal. And I'm Alan. Today we're going to be talking about some news that came out from Disney, Marvel, and WB Discovery. That's right, and we're also reviewing Black Panther Wakanda Forever, which is making waves at the box office. Maybe um, getting into some spoilers as well. Yeah, maybe not as many waves as Top Gun Maverick, but we'll have to see in a couple months. Ooh, um, shots fired. No, I'm kidding. I have no idea where this will end up in the box office. But till then, Alan, what's the news? So let's start with the trades here. Uh, it's the... The segment in our show where we talk about the movie news uh, for the week. And the big story out of Hollywood right now, Bob Chapek, the CEO of uh, Disney, or I guess the former CEO of Disney, is being unceremoniously thrown out. And Bob Iger, the former 15-year long, uh, CEO in the running for Disney, is back in. Uh, so Bob Iger is also the guy that... Um, that brought in Lucasfilm, uh, he bought Marvel, he shepherded the Fox deal a couple of years back, and he's widely considered why Disney grew as much as it did in the past decade, uh, was under his tenure. So, Chapek had been uh, mess, uh, like involved in a number of uh, controversies, and the stocks finally took a hit, and I guess that that was enough for the board to say enough is enough, and point him out the door. What do you think about that? Um, I think we need representation of people who aren't just named Bob um, okay. on the Disney board. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I feel like, obviously, like you said, Iger contributed to so much, and he said that now he's like contributing to. Disney being a brand of creativity, which I wonder if that'll make a difference considering like so much of what they greenlit now is just bringing back whatever old movie to Disney Plus as a sequel series or whatever. So hopefully it's not just that more. But um, Bob Iger is a great guy. Seems like retirement wasn't for him. So welcome back. Yeah, um, apparently, like, Chapek also, the way he was running the studio was very, like, uh, like very uh, administ- administrative, I guess that would be the word, instead of, like, uh, leading creative, which is what Bob always did. Um, yeah. So, so he, brought, he brought in, like, bankers to, like, manage, like, people like uh, Kevin Feige and all that, so, like... That wasn't great, like, for the creativity of the studio. I think he was the one pushing a lot of, like, uh, Disney Plus content, which explains some of the duds we got recently. Um, uh, and he's been embroiled in con- in controversy before, like, uh, the Scarlett Johansson contract situation with yeah. Black Widow, the Don't Say Gay bill in Florida. I was going to say, there must have been, like, so much lingering after the response to that bill and i wonder how Iger's gonna handle that and the one thing is like you said i feel like Iger, uh with the reception to the two he's more uh handling the old walt disney quote we don't make movies to make money we make money to make movies like that's sort of the spirit yeah. that he wants to bring back 
And, uh, you know, like, he shepherded, like, some of the most amazing things that Disney has ever done. Like, uh, uh, like he gave the leeway that Kevin Feige needed to build out the MCU. Um, he structured Disney in that way that everyone wants to copy now, where, like, Disney have, like, sub-studios, basically, with Marvel Studios, uh, Disney, Pixar, all that, uh, Lucasfilm. So, uh yeah, I'm happy he's back. I was never a big fan of Chapek. I understand why he was picked by Iger, by the way. Uh, but he was too much of a money guy. Like, um, And uh, Bob Iger is really good with the money. But he knows that like, for, for running a studio, for running an, an entertainment company, the focus should be on the entertainment. So I'll just say this. Whatever Bob Chapek may have done... I don't think it was as bad as the impression that David Zaslav has already left. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, actually, he just fired, uh, for no reason, the, um, the chairman of entertainment and programming at Disney, uh, Peter Rice, because he uh, <laughs> he was appointed as like the next CEO of Disney. So Chapek just fired him out of nowhere just to kill competition. That's some succession <laughs> shit right there. <laughs> so... Uh, People are saying the first thing Bob Iger is gonna do is being is bring this guy back, uh, Peter Rice. So that's that's good for him. <laughs> it's like a, a Biden after Trump right here. No, yeah, he's uh, cleaning house. Like the structure <laughs> is already going away. Like the banker structure that I mentioned, there, there's already been firings, and uh, which is good because the entertainment division should only report to the CEO. They shouldn't report to anyone else. Got you. Um, so, uh, with some more ceremonious news, well, as ceremonious news on Marvel Studios, which is obviously being headed by Disney, uh, about a month or two ago, Blade lost his director, Bassam Tariq, um, who remained as an executive producer. I don't know on how much capacity he even is still on the project, but now Disney has hired Yann Demange. Uh, Yann Demange might be wrong there with the pronunciation. But he previously directed 71 with Jack O'Connell, White Boy Rick with Matthew McConaughey, and the Emmy and Golden Globe-nominated show Lovecraft Country. I don't think he directed all of it, but at least the first couple episodes for sure. Let me double-check. Okay, he directed the series premiere of Lovecraft Country. Got it. Uh, Okay, did you watch Lovecraft uh, Lovecraft Country? Love, oh my God, Lovecraft Country. I have, I've I, seen it, but I haven't seen any of the feature films that he you're made. a fan, right? It was good. Like, I loved more the acting and the concepts than I did the actual story, but it was made really well. Okay, okay, I haven't watched anything he's done, uh, but Kevin Feige usually doesn't miss. So, uh, especially when it comes to the directors, so I'm assuming he's probably a good one as well, and. Uh, Considering what this movie's been through already, I'm hoping Mahershala Ali also gave his uh, stamp of approval to this one. So I trust those two guys. Is Mahershala a producer on this? I'm not sure, but he's like he's big enough. He has influence that uh, that he would be yeah. that he would have a say in that. Sort of like, yeah, sort of like. Um, I don't know how true this is, but Chris Hemsworth, for example, like he would have a say. For example, if Taika Waititi, um, or etc., like there are yeah. certain stars who are just so big that they have influence. Yeah. 
Okay, so uh, moving on for uh, from Marvel and Disney, uh, we actually have a pretty cool deal to talk about. Uh, we're talking a lot about business today, <laughs> but uh, so uh, Jason, uh, Jason, <laughs> my God, what's happening to me today? Jason, Jason Blum and James Wan's studios or production houses are in talks to merge to create like a horror behemoth, I guess. Um, <laughs> So Blumhouse and Atomic Monster, which is uh, James Wan's production house, um, could merge as early as 2023, and um, they would. Uh, they I think they would move as a first look deal to Warner Brothers instead of Universal. Is that it? Oh no! So James uh, James Wan James. Oh my God! What is happening to me today? James Wan. One's production company would move from Warner Brothers to Universal. Oh, good. Which okay. is where Blumhouse is already. I trust Universal so much when it comes to original content. I mean, Jason Blum, you look at his uh, filmography. He's produced great movies like Get Out. Yeah, Blumhouse Split, is amazing. Invisible Man and Us. And also movies like Firestarter, the last couple Purge movies and Halloween Ends. Um, no, but Blumhouse is pretty reliable, I would say, uh, when it comes to like, uh, really like original and out of the box horror movies. Yeah. And he also produced Black Klansman, which is nice. kind of wild. And yeah, that w- they're like the two horror beasts of producing right now. I don't know. What has James Wan produced outside of like the Conjuring universe and like directing Malignant? Cause I know he also works as a producer a lot. Uh, let's let's fact. He produced the, the Conjuring uh, franchise, like uh, the uh, Nun too. Uh, Saw movies, Last Train to New York, Salem's Lot, Mortal Kombat, Mortal oh, Kombat, um, Lights Out. Okay, like The Nun, Shelter. Oh, yeah. that's still filming. So uh, most of his work has Insidious, been in the Saw and yeah. and Conjuring, etc. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, he produced a lot. Uh, so. So I have a quote here from Mr. Blum himself. He said, we don't usually put out more than three or four theatrical releases a year. And my hope is with James, we can double that to six to eight. Wow. All right. Last piece of news. Again, a a smaller studio that's under Disney. Searchlight Pictures is coming out with Taika Waititi's next movie, Next Goal Wins. And we got a little bit of a first look with just some stills. He shot this movie back in 2019. I don't know why they've... Well, I know that they delayed it a little bit because of a certain actor who they had to replace. But besides that, Army Hammer. Oh, him again? Uh, Yeah, so basically they replaced him with Will Arnett uh, after all this stuff. Love Will Arnett. Yeah, exactly. So that's going to be good. And this movie focuses on the American Samoan football slash soccer team. I've gotten shit on this show before for saying soccer. But uh, Michael Fassbender. How who, dare you? Is we're in the middle of a World Cup. I'm just it's gonna football. I'm just gonna go. No. Um, so yeah, Michael Fassbender. It feels like he hasn't been in a movie in a really long time. He's playing the coach of the American Samoan team, who uh, the coach person helped lead to glory. And it's also inspired by a documentary from a couple years ago. And yeah, I feel like this is the perfect project for YTD. Um, like 
a very underdog sort of story. Having seen the movies and shows that he's done, I'm really excited for this, and it comes out in April. I'm very excited about this one. I'm excited to see a trailer uh, for this one, especially because, like, again, I'm such a huge football fan that, like, really, I'm, I'm like, incredibly excited to see what Taika can do with this. Like, um, it's going to be the non-British Ted Lasso. <laughs> and also, like, just the fact that, like, it's a non-Marvel, like, non-studio movie from Taika is also really exciting for me. I really don't want his next movie to be Star Wars. I really want it to, or, like, Thor 5. I really want it to be something, like, like a pre- like a passion project from him, for him. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited that that's the next thing we're seeing. We need yeah. a little bit of a... Uh, of a, <laughs> of, I think they finished shooting of this a palette cleans- cleanser from uh from Studio Taika to like regular Taika. Yeah, I think he finished shooting this like right as they announced him as the director for Thor: Love and Thunder. So it's been a while for this to come out, and it's interesting that Searchlight has like pushed it back for a while. Like I thought again, it would be on have, Oscar season this year. I thought it was gonna come out twenty twenty or something, but. I understand that they do it for scheduling sometimes and for awards, but let's see how yeah. it is. I think this one might be able to compete in uh, 2024. But yeah, yeah, let's see. Okay, are you ready to talk about our main topic today? I am. Okay. I really am. So uh, we were out last week, so we couldn't get a, this episode as fast as we wanted to, guys. I was in Brazil and um, Gal was in Poland. And so we both... But we both saw Black Panther, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Uh, I did in Brazil. I don't know if you watched it there or here. I saw it here on November okay. 10th. Okay. It was four days before I flew. Okay. I watched it on the Sunday after it came out. Yeah. Like Sunday night on like a huge IMAX screen, which was amazing. You went in IMAX also? Yeah. Yeah. I went IMAX 3D. It wasn't yeah, even same. that full of a theater. Oh, mine was it was like half full which i'm surprised because it was the first day but it was incredible to look at mine was packed and it was like the one of the last showings of sunday and it was still packed like the whole i no i get that because it's the opening weekend of the sequel to one of the most successful movies ever released yeah so like uh i watched it again back home uh with my dad Mm -hmm. and uh you know my sister step family all that and um I gotta say, man, <laughs> this was one of the best slash worst movie experiences I ever had. Oh, really? Because I, I hear about it. Because I cried so much. Oh, that's it was good. so come bad. On. But like, come on, man. Like, I I go to for ex- for escapism. I was dying after five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised because I was ready for like weeks to say, okay, I'm about to cry in Black Panther two, and I didn't straight up cry, but. I felt what this movie wanted me to feel. I cried so much during this movie. I <laughs> cried a lot in the beginning. Um, in the end, I oof, I bawled. It was really bad. Oh man! Uh, like when the Marvel Studios logo comes up with like um, all Chadwick scenes in the MCU, I was like, I was dying. Um, yeah. And everyone in the theater was as well. Like it was really emotional. Everyone was like in like very into it you can see how much it matters to people this character mm-hmm. this actor this amazing actor that we lost way too soon and um you could see in the performances that we got 
how yeah. much he meant because like they weren't acting their loss yeah. they were feeling it for a movie that i was i don't want to say doubting but for a movie that i was so skeptical skeptical about why they should have still done it um this is like top 10 marvel movies for me yeah possibly five um yeah first of all let's talk about the tribute element because obviously you feel like it doesn't feel natural that we're doing a black panther movie without him obviously they did the best with what they were given but so much of what he gave to the role was so iconic that i understand every reason why marvel didn't want to recast him yeah um and I also understand why people were like they wanted to see his journey continue, but for me it would have felt uh it would have felt worse to just not acknowledge that loss. Yeah. And what they brought out of it here was so good. I am queen of the most powerful nation in the world. And my entire family is gone. Have I not given everything? Some people could say, oh, there's like a mandate or something from the studio to just continue on. But you can see that this movie is not a mandate at all. Like it is very much an homage and like like a beautiful send off to Chadwick. Like everyone that did this movie, like it didn't seem like a... Bla- of course, it seemed like a blockbuster movie in the sense that it was fighting and CGI and all that. But like in the writing... You felt like the people that were doing writing this movie, they wanted to write this movie. They weren't like being mandated to continue the franchise. Yeah, for a movie that I was so scared would be unnecessary. That, that was, of course, before the trailer because the trailer, I think, I was already amazed by. But for a movie that for a while I thought might be unnecessary, I just haven't stopped thinking about it ever since I saw it. Yeah. Um, even more than like a lot of action movies recently. Um and I enjoy that it wasn't like really trying to make you feel like it was forcing in anything for the next movies after. Uh, like there's, there's Martin Freeman and another character who I think their stories got a little too much screen time. Yeah. But other than that, I felt like everyone just gave it their all. Not that not that Martin Freeman was bad. I just feel like they didn't need to be there completely. Um, do you want to start with Namor first of all? Uh, yeah. Let's start with. Uh, <clears throat> With Neymar, so Neymar was ca- uh, uh, was cast, I think, by Ryan Coogler himself, um, and introduced to Hollywood by uh, Tano Huerta. Uh, and Tano Huerta uh, is a Mexican actor, um, and which is really good, because Neymar, I guess, everyone was white in the comics, but like Neymar, I think, was white in the comics, and I'm so glad they didn't take that approach. And we finally have like a MCU anti-hero slash villain slash hero slash it's confusing type guy that's Latino in the MCU. That's yeah. like really important representation. He was in Narcos Mexico the first season yeah. and he was really good in it. And also like um, he was really good. Like he wasn't like a thing of like, you know, like people sometimes complain like the diversity hire or something like that. Like he... He honestly is Namor. Like, like uh, what he brought to this character is honestly iconic, and I think he's going to become a big part of the MCU. What I really, what I really liked about him is he came off as really kind. 
Um, yeah, even though he was a dick. <laughs> like, he's violent, of course, but there were scenes where he's talking to Shuri, for example, and he's just like, you understand his warmth towards his people. Um, and you're like, damn, like, you don't... Like, even Killmonger, as amazing of a villain as he was, like, you, he w- really wasn't redeemable or kind because he just let I everything consume him. Um, I kind of thought he was. I'm not saying he wasn't justified, but he wasn't like yeah. a nice guy. I think he's a lot more empathetic in the way where he comes he's... off more as an anti-hero than he does yeah. a villain. Okay. Uh, and I think, but like, I think something that's clear by now is that Ryan Coogler is the best that Marvel has for writing villains. Yes, <laughs> I think this is clear now after the two shots he had. Because it's so terrifying to like try to follow up a villain like Killmonger. Um, yeah. like and I think he was better, honestly. You think he was better than Killmonger? I think the whole movie was better than the first one. Wow. Yeah. I might have to agree. Um, I think overall, I think, like the yeah, the Go social ahead. messages were better in the first movie. Everything else, maybe here. Yeah, I think the villain itself was better also here, and like, especially the conclusion of the villain arc in this movie, I think was better than the one in the last movie. And also the CGI was a bit of a travesty in the in the first movie. No, the CGI was way better here. And the CGI was fantastic here. But I will point out, I do love Killmonger's ending scene. I don't. I do love it as well. But like, like I mean, I mean the ending fight and all that. Like, oh, um, yeah. Honestly, and like, I, I, I wanted him to be kept alive, but that's a whole other thing. Like. I don't really like the design of the rhinos in the first movie. That's yeah. like my main flaw of the movie. It's not like no, some and big the, story oh, flaw. No, the, it's the, the final rhinos. fight like with the two Black Panthers also looks terrible. Like hmm. it looks like two two video game Black Panthers <laughs> hitting each other for yeah. 10 minutes. So this uh, visual has never really bothered me. Um, no, it was perfect. I never thought that way when like the current Black Panther, we'll get it to who it is in the spoilers, but like I never felt... Like, they were a video game char- character. Yeah. Even though they were fu- fully in the Black Panther costume. Also, Talokan, it never looked CGI to me. It yeah. just felt... It felt like you were you were taking a little dive underwater. And it looked fantastic. Yeah. I loved the design of Talokan. It was literally Wakanda underwater, but like Mexican. Yeah. The only... At first, the only thing I could think was, this is Atlantis, but with darker lighting. But no, it looked good. No, it like, had I, like... I, I, I really love like how it had like the Inca building. Yeah. Like, uh, that was really cool. And, and one, then, one other performance that really stood out to me was Angela Bassett. She was really just ferocious in this movie. And I think it's maybe one of the best performances we've seen in this whole franchise of 30 movies. Uh yeah, people are uh people were claiming best supporting actress <laughs> and I can honestly see it. She's fantastic here. And I think she honestly deserves it. Let's see what I haven't seen every Oscar movie yet. So I reserve the right to change my mind, but I think she's going to be up there. She's going to be up in the discussion. And um and I also really enjoyed Dominique Thorne a lot. Yeah, she was movie. great as Riri Williams or the Ironheart. She's supposed to be, I guess, the new Iron Man, Tony Stark type thing. And she was amazing. Um, She was really good. There's been some issues with some of the characters that are replacing old characters. At least for me, that won't be a problem with her. She did fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, She's really good. And I love her little 
sisterhood, like the whatever the equivalent to bromance is, cis mans with Shuri. Oh yeah, they had a great relationship. Like it was really nice to see. And uh, speaking of Shuri, Letitia Wright's performance here is also breathtaking. Like it's a shame that she's in the same movie as uh, as Angela Bassett, because yeah. if not, she would have been the best one here. Denai Guerrero was also like terrific. Yeah. Everyone was great. Which yeah. is crazy because every single person in this movie was a supporting character in the last one. And like some of them took like the stage for this one and they all looked like they deserved it. Like they yeah. did the work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um Letitia Wright especially, like she was fantastic here and I hope she continues with the character. You you can feel how much she matures because of how much is taken from her so quickly. And I also felt the same about Umbaku. Like he really grows over the course of this movie. He's still like a funny big guy, which you know I love Winston Duke for. But there's definitely so much that these characters need to go through because of <coughs> sorry because of um, all the profundity that happens to them. And uh, yeah, honestly, like wow, yeah, I think this is. Honestly, just the best Marvel movie, but not the best Marvel, the best Marvel movie in a while, but also the best big action movie we've seen in a while, which is really refreshing after Black Adam, which was just so yeah. underwhelming. Yeah. And um, yeah, like in you, general, wait, what were you going to say? I was, I was going to say, do you want to give it a grade and uh, a position in the tier list before we go into spoilers? Sure. Okay. So um, go for it. Not in so, the tier list, in the MCU rank, as it were. Okay, F- that's going to be hard. 9 out of 10, for sure. Ooh, I'm really happy with my top 10 MCU right now, as it is. Right now, I have it at number 6, but I could easily bump it up to 5, um, switching places with the first Black Panther. Awesome. Do you want to do your top 10? Just so we... Okay. Re- number 10 is one that Alan wouldn't be a fan of. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Oof, still a fan of it. Geez, it's my number 22. Wow. <laughs> number nine is Shang-Chi. Eight is Avengers number one. Seven is No Way Home. Six is Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Five is Black Panther. Four is Guardians of the Galaxy. Three, Civil War. Two, Infinity War. And one is still Endgame. Okay. Got it. Okay, so Wakanda Forever, I also give it a nine out of ten. And it's currently my fifth favorite okay. MCU movie. Okay, good. Uh, it took off Spider-Man: Homecoming from my top ten. I think that's justified. And my current li- and my current top ten is number ten, Thor: Ragnarok. It was that was wa- my twelve. It was way higher before Thor four. <laughs> nah, Thor. I hated Thor four so much that uh, Thor: Ragnarok even took a hit. It wasn't that bad, but. Um, uh, Opinions, man. Opinions. 12 for me is Thor Ragnarok right after... 11 is Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Oh, that's my th- 13th. Nice. Um, number 9, uh, the first Black Panther. Makes sense. Number 8, Spider-Man Far From Home. Number, sev- number 7, Iron Man. Oh, yeah. Number 6, Captain America the Winter Soldier. Uh, number 5, uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Number 4, Civil War. Okay. Number three, Avengers Infinity War. 
Number two, Spider-Man No Way Home. And number one, Avengers Endgame. Wait, wasn't Civil Warrior number one for like the longest time? Yeah, it, it changed. Oh, also, by the time we finish this conversation, I've switched places. Wakanda Forever is actually going to be my five. Nice. Fuck it. Nice. Uh, I just think it's hard for me to find negative things to say about this movie right now when it's such a beautiful love letter to one man yeah. and his legacy. Because when it comes to celebrity deaths, Chadwick Boseman's death was the one that hit me the hardest. And more than anyone, he was one with who deserved to see his legacy go on because of what he did with the first Black Panther movie and with the character yeah. and something so unique that um, I know some... Black Panther was like their favorite in the comics, some not as much, but what he did in the movies was just so special yeah, that like for sure. um to see the audiences and the creators come together um to just say here's his legacy, let's make it live on and show it is just beautiful and when it said dedicated to our friend Chadwick Boseman, everyone clapped in my theater. Yeah, it was it was crazy. Show them who we are. Thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, uh, next week's, not a next week's, but like next episode, uh, we have a very special interview with... With Mike Petchy. There you go. Uh, little self-proclaimed horror filmmaker and film lover who's talking to us about his short film and some of our favorite uses of stop motion in film. So stay tuned to that. I have had so much fun talking about Black Panther Wakanda forever. More excited to talk about this movie than I have for... For any Marvel movie for a while since yeah, No Way Home. For basically. any movie that we've reviewed in quite a bit of time. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Me too. And yes, yeah. thank you guys so much for joining us. I'm Alan, and I'll see you guys next time. And I'm Goss. See you soon. Be sure to subscribe to us on Spotify and YouTube and find us at Film Fanatics Pod on Instagram and TikTok. Thanks for watching yet again. Film Fanatics. From the silver screen to your earphones. With Alan Azulay and Gal Balaban.